What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you had a wonderful day. And I'm just looking forward to just highlight this topic with you all on tonight's episode. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this topic to light is because um, there seems to be like a falling away um, of certain Christians and certain groups, such as, you know, in Christian music, in the Christian music industry, and as well as in the creative sector. It seems like they're doing a deconstructing of their faith, and some of them have completely um, said that they're not Christian anymore. Uh, I'm not going to really be saying their names. I don't feel like this is necessary. Um, I would, but I, I just for the, for the sake of this episode, I'm just going to leave them anonymous. Um, but however, I wanted to go ahead and bring a light to this topic because I know perhaps maybe, hey, maybe some of you all are doubting your faith right now currently. Maybe you're doubting your faith, especially because of what's going on on a global scale or maybe what's even going on in your personal life due to the fact of what is going on on a global scale or due to the fact of this pandemic that seems to not want to go away. And you're starting to question and saying, you know, how come all of this is happening, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And before I even um, say the topic of discussion on tonight's episode, I want to quickly go ahead and just share one thing that perhaps causes um, some to start saying, you know, how come all of this is happening? This is unfair, et cetera, et cetera. What I love about God is that God always reveals something before it manifests, especially if you're a Christian, if you're a born again believer. God gave us as believers his word, his written word, which is the Bible and the Bible the Bible is a revelatory book, is an informational book, is a literature book, but most importantly, it's a revelatory book, meaning it's a book of revelation, it's a book of prophecy, it's a book that foretells the future of, you know, future and tells us in advance what is going to happen before they happen. And one of the things that I'm starting to believe is that many of us sometimes tend to doubt our faith or sometimes we tend to stress ourselves out um, when we're seeing our surroundings and what is going on around the world because we do not read the word of God enough. We do not study the word of God enough. And so when things like this happening back to back, meaning when you see disaster after disaster, when you see war after war, when you see just evil just going rampant, and, and, and you, you're trying to figure all this out. You're saying, hold up. What's going on? I thought God is love. I thought God is good. You have to say to yourself, am I reading the word? Am, am I reading the Bible? When was the last time I actually read the Bible? When was the last time I actually uh, studied the word? Amen. And so it's very important when we ourselves, those of us who call ourselves Christians, see things like this are happening in the world, we have to be honest and transparent with ourselves and say, am I in the word enough or am I just, you know, doing my own thing? Am I too occupied with worldly events? Am I too occupied with keeping up with social media or keeping up um, with the latest trends, etc.? keeping up with the entertainment world or the music world? And so... Without further ado now, <laughs> without further ado, I just want to go ahead and just share the topic of discussion for tonight. And um, the title of this episode is, There's a Major Difference Between Doubting Your Faith Versus Denying Jesus. I'm going to say this again. There's a major difference between doubting your faith versus denying Jesus. And 
one of the examples I want to just quickly go ahead and use before I further um, explain what I mean by that is um, the story of Thomas, right? When Thomas was kind of like doubting the fact that Jesus resurrected from the grave. Why? Because he didn't see Jesus. You know, the women, Mary ran to the uh, apostles, right? The disciples. And she shared the good news. She said, you know, I, I saw him, right? I saw the Lord. Um, you know, I came to his tombstone, the, the, the rock, right? The stone was rolled. And, you know, when I was just going to this garden, and I'm just paraphrasing here, I'm, when I was just going to this garden, you know, this man, he just, you know, he just came to me and et cetera, et cetera. And she find out that this is Jesus. And Jesus revealed that to her. But the thing is, when they went back to explain to the rest of the disciples, they did not believe, right? They didn't believe uh, Mary's report. They didn't believe Jesus resurrected. And one of the main ones that did not believe was Thomas. Now, let me pause right there. I want you guys to understand Thomas not believing is not the fact that he did not believe Jesus was who he said that he was. They all believed Jesus was the son of God. But what is what is so fascinating to me even though the disciples believed that he was the son of god because they walked with jesus they lived with jesus they saw the miracles that he performed when they literally saw jesus died they're like okay that is it because they saw that he died they they never they never believed that he was going to die they knew that he was the son of god can you believe that they knew that he was the son of god Truly, they knew that Jesus was not from this world. But yet, as soon as he died, they started to doubt. They started to doubt that he would ever come back. Because, for example, when you see someone when you see someone die, and that could be like in a TV show, etc. When you see that person slip away and you see the spirit depart from the body... There's nothing really in you that's going to say, okay, I'm going to see this person tomorrow. And so that's how the disciples were. When they saw Jesus die, they, didn't, they, they weren't like, oh, we're going to see him tomorrow. We're going to see the teacher tomorrow. We're going to see the rabbi tomorrow. And that was it. And that is why when finally, when the others recognized that Jesus was alive, they went to Thomas and they were telling the, you know, Thomas, the good report. The reason why Thomas was not really, you know, um, buying it is because he did not see for himself. He did not see for himself. And then that's when we know um, from scripture, Jesus even said, you know, blessed are they who believe without seeing. Blessed are they who believe without seeing. And I feel that even now today, many of us, we are Thomas in the sense where we always want to see something. We always want to see a manifestation in order to believe it. And I feel strongly that is one of the main things that is causing the deconstruction of faith, that type of concept, to start to grow in these end times, to, try, to start to grow in these last days. Um, very quickly, I want to just share a quick story. Like, you know, when I was younger, I always knew God existed. You know, I always just had that feeling. I didn't need someone to tell me that he existed or not. I just, it was, it was inner, right? It was inner knowing 
that he existed. And it's, and this, what I'm saying is, it's not something to that is not biblical. The Bible lets us know in Ecclesiastes that God placed eternity in the hearts of man. Being God, you know, he gave us this knowing to know that there's something that is bigger than us. There is something that's grandeur, bigger than what the eyes can see. And that we all came from that place, meaning we all came from him. We may not have language for it. And many of us, we start to have language for it once we start growing up, right? Or maybe some of you guys who um, were fortunate, like myself, to grow up in a Christian household, you have parents that start to gear you in the right direction to be able to grow your faith in Christ more. Some, unfortunately, they weren't, you know, they weren't brought up in a Christian home. But however, God was able to use other people that was around them to bring forth the gospel to them. And um, by that means, they started to grow in the Christian faith by accepting Jesus Christ first, of course. And then they started to grow in their Christian faith. But what I'm starting to notice, especially with the millennials and the generation that comes after us, millennials, is that we are always wanting to see a sign and wanting to see a manifestation in order to believe that God is real. In order to believe that you know our faith is real our faith is valid now i'm not saying there's anything wrong to desire to see a sign i'm not saying there's anything wrong to desire to experience the tangible presence of god or the glory of god but what is wrong is when you're only trying to experience a manifestation of his presence i'm gonna say this again what is wrong is when you're only trying to experience a manifestation of his presence. And let me quickly go back to what I was saying prior, my story. So when I was young, even though I believed God, there was a period of my, of my life, right? There was a season in my life where I literally wanted to experience the manifestation of his presence. Like it could have been just I wanted to badly hear his voice audibly, you know? I wanted to hear his voice audibly. Yes, I, I, I read my Bible. And yes, I love the Bible. But it's like I had a greater desire to hear his voice for myself. As if, you know, someone is talking to me face to face. And I start, what happened is that I started to compare myself with other Christians who were able to actively hear God. You know, they, they actively were able to hear God, you know, perhaps every day audibly. Or maybe they were very prophetic. And I started to say to myself, why is that? Like, how come, like some of our, some of us Christians, you know, we're not able to hear the Lord in that way. But then there's other Christians that are able to hear the Lord in that way. And what happens is you begin to compare uh, your, 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 your personal relationship with God with other people by saying maybe God loves them more and that is why they're able to hear his audible voice <laughs> maybe God loves them more and that is why they're able to hear his audible voice maybe God loves them more and that is why they're able to work miracles maybe God loves them more and that is why uh, you know they're, they're able to um, have this type of assignment etc etc and I'm starting to believe that that mindset that I had, and the Lord knows my heart was for him, amen? And I, and I believe that the Lord knew that I just wanted to keep growing deeper and deeper in him. But however, even in that moment, I, I feel that God was starting to try to tell me, you know, JLP, you know, I just want you 
to trust me. I just want to, you to trust that I'm here. I just want to, you to trust that I speak to you, even if you don't hear me audibly. But look, this Bible that's in your hand, I speak to you because you have the word. Every time when you open the Bible up and you're reading my word, you're hearing my voice. I'm speaking to you. But unfortunately, many people today right now, many Christians are falling away because they so the they they're so desiring a, a a manifestation of God's presence. It could be his tangible anointing, right? It could be they want to encounter the glory of God. It could be that they want to um be able to see the the gifts of the spirit, you know, manifesting, right? In their lives, they want to speak in tongues or they want to prophesy, they want to um cast out demons, right? Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And none of again, none of these things are wrong. As a matter of fact, the Bible even encourages us to desire the spiritual gifts and to ask freely for the Holy Spirit to give it, give them to us. But what becomes a danger is when we're creating idols out of the spiritual gifts. God does not want you to pursue the gifts more than him. God does not want us to pursue um just an aspect of who he is. He wants us to pursue his fullness, the fullness of who he is. God doesn't just want you to come to his presence just so you could hear his voice. He wants you to come into his presence because you want to fellowship with him. You want to have greater intimacy with him. And unfortunately, so many people that were in the Christian faith, Christian community, they're falling away because they're desperately wanting something that seems new age because it seems like the new age or the other religions seem more spiritual than the Christian um, um, faith due to the fact that they feel like miracles no longer happen today or maybe God don't, no longer speak to his people today. But that in itself, that's a lie. But however, what's What's clearly important is that God wants us to be a people that believe without seeing. And a lot of times, oftentimes, it's not because God will never reveal his glory to us when we are hungry to experience it, reveal his anointing to us when we're hungry to experience it. But oftentimes what God is doing, he is testing our faith in him. Oftentimes, he is testing our faith in him. He is testing whether we're going to continue to persevere in his presence until we tap into that glory, until we tap into that greater glory. If you go ahead, um, quickly open your Bible pages to Romans 4 verse 19. And in Romans 4 verse 19, it references Abraham's faith. And I really want to go ahead and read that to you. So that way you can understand what I mean by God testing your faith and how important it is for you to persevere in your faith. It says in Romans 4 verse 19, the New International Version, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as death since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Now, Romans 4 verse 19 is talking about when in the, in, in, in the beginning, right, in the book of Genesis, where God promised Abraham he would become the father of many nations. But however, he didn't know how in the world that would be possible because him and his wife didn't have any children. It was very difficult for Sarah to have children. But yet, but yet later on, God himself came down, right, and spoke with Abraham and told Abraham that, you know, by this time next year, Sarah will have a child. 
And Sarah even laughed at that when she heard it because she obviously understands that she is an old woman. <laughs> she has advanced in age and she she's barren, right? And also, even if they were to try, I mean, because she is way older, it's, 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 it's very unlikely that she's going to get pregnant. But yet here is God telling Abraham, by this time next year, Sarah's going to have a children. And what's so surprising to me is that although the Lord said by this time next year, we understand from scripture that time is not the way that God perceives time or the way that God sees time or view time is not the same way that we view time. When you hear by this time next year, you're thinking that, okay, it's going to happen in 2022. But yet we learn later on that, you know, Abraham had to wait 25 years until he saw the manifestation of that promise. And that is why the book of Hebrews, when it's talking about um, the, the great figures of faith, right? The, 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 the great people of God who really has strong faith, um, he's very much so mentioned because even though, again, like we just read, even though Abraham was as good as dead, he was so old that they, they literally described him that way and using those terminology, right? The fact that his body was as good as dead. So meaning he's literally, literally closer to death than he may be to life. Right? Because he's so old. And so even though he had reached that point where he almost practically waited for the promise. Almost you can say the rest of his entire life. And he didn't see it. And even though he knew he was probably close to death. He was close to dying. He still refused to give up hope. He still refused to not believe the word of God because Abraham had such a reverence for God. He had such a holy fear for God. And because he knew God is a God of truth, meaning God cannot lie. If God, if God sincerely said to him that he would have the son, his son, right? Isaac, by this time next year, that it would happen. That the promise would manifest according to the timing of the Lord. And the Bible lets us know that it actually happened. Sarah, who was barren, who was unable to have children, who even caused her own husband to sleep with another woman to have a child, she actually became a mother herself. She didn't even think it was possible for her to be a mother. But then finally, she, probably, she, she reached a point herself too. She's, she's like, you know, okay, the Lord is faithful, right? And then the promise, in fact, manifested. But it was their perseverance, especially the perseverance of her husband, that truly pleased the Lord and that truly showed, showed, showed um, the Lord that they're not just, like Abraham is not just any, any man who is always trying to, you know, for a sign he is not someone that is impatient but yet he is someone that is persevering in faith he is someone that trusts me at my word he is someone that understands when i the lord speak what i say is true what i say is not false and because of that abraham received what god promised he became the father of isaac and from then on his descendants started to multiply and multiply, right? He started to see it in effect what God was saying, that he would become the father of many nations. Why is this so important for us to know now in this present time? 
is because I want you guys to understand some encounters, you can only have them based on your determination. Some encounters, you can only have them based on a faith that is unstoppable, meaning based on a faith that just refuses to give up. You have to reach a point in your, in, in, in your Christian walk where you do not just serve God when you feel his presence, when you feel like your, your hairs, right? The hairs on your arms are going up. Because there will be seasons where you cannot feel the tangible manifestation. And, and, and when those seasons come, like, what are you going to do? You're going to just say, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore. You're just going to deny, deny Jesus just because you can't feel him physically. We have to come to a point where we take Jesus at his word. When he says, blessed are they who believe without seeing and truly, it's oftentimes, it's when you reach that level where you believe without seeing that God shows up and he begins to show you his glory, that God shows up, that the spirit of God shows up and boom, he, he pours himself upon you and you begin to speak in tongue, you begin to prophesy. But you have to reach that point where you say, Lord, I believe without seeing. Lord, even though I don't hear you audibly, I'm still going to believe that you're good. I'm still going to believe that you love me because that's what your word says. And the more hung, hungry you are for the Lord, for the Lord himself, the more he's going to reveal to you different dimensions of who he is, different aspects of who he is, different, different parts of him. But first and foremost, as the Bible says, you know, God is pleased by our faith. God is pleased by our faith. If you could, could go ahead and open your Bibles to James 4 verse 8, I really want to go ahead and read this as we're speaking about persevering in faith and how sometimes you have to literally say to yourself, believe without seeing. The Lord himself said, hey, blessed are they who believe without seeing. James 4 verse 8 says, come near come near to god and he will come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded i'm gonna read this again come near to god and he will come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts uh, you double-minded i want you guys to pay attention how powerful this scripture is this scripture is literally telling you to make a decision it's telling you to make a decision what is this decision it's telling you to choose to come to, near to god it is when you come near to God, it is when you choose, you decide to come near to God. What is the latter portion of the first part of the verse saying? He will come near to you. But often what we do, we do not come near to God. What we do, we sit down and we wait on, upon the Lord to manifest his presence to us. But oftentimes God is saying, I'm waiting on you to approach me. I'm waiting on you to approach me, not just in an intellectual way, but I'm waiting for you to open your heart to receive me. Sometimes as well is the posture of the heart that counts. Sometimes as well, God is seeing what's truly in your heart. If you really have the desire to know him, or if you just have that desire to just say, you know, um, let me see, you know, let me see if he's real or not. God wants us to have that expectation. Like he wants us to have that mindset that we know that he is real. And again, he gives us so many evidence all around. Look at nature, for example. When you look at the heavens, when you look at the sky. I mean, without airplanes, without a rocket ship going out of space, who in the world would be able to reach 
that type of magnitude to reach all the way up to the sky. No human being. And yet God is not even it within our universe. He far exceeds the magnitude of the sky. He far exceeds it. He far exceeds outer space. He far exceeds the universe, the, 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 the galaxies. His kingdom is not even seen with the natural eye, with the naked eye. And the Bible even tells us too, which is very important when it comes to this. It's very important when it comes to this. Again, with the, you know, we have to be a people that believe without seeing. The Bible lets us know that everything you see came from what was unseen. And that's, all, that's actually one of the, uh, of the description of, of faith in a way. And I'm going to go ahead and share that. There's so many scriptures I wish I could go ahead and share with you guys. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and just put them under the description below this episode. But like I said, I would love to just dig deeper um, into this topic and hopefully make a video which you guys could check out. If you're interested to watch this video if you want me to go ahead and produce this video which i would still do by the way but i just want to know if you are excited to just really tune in to my youtube channel to watch it go ahead and subscribe to the jlp network youtube video right now so that way you would already be notified when it comes out because i may just you know i just may post it and um not share it right away all right, y'all, I just want you guys to quickly go ahead and open your Bible pages. I want you to go ahead and open your Bible pages to Hebrew 11 verse 3. And then we're going to go ahead and read Hebrews 11 verse 1. I really want to go ahead and read verse 3 first um, before we read verse 1. And this again, I want to show you guys the connection between where Jesus said, Blessed are they who believe without seeing and also to understand that. You know, what you see right now, the physical world, it was created by the unseen world. Whatever you see here, God, which whom is unseen, we cannot see God because God is spirit. He created everything you see from the unseen world, from the unseen realm where he resides. And now what is the, the, the definition of faith that we read in Hebrews? Let's go ahead and read Hebrews 11 verse 3. Um, by faith, right? We understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What, what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That was Hebrews 11 verse 3. Now let's go ahead and read Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says here, y'all, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But there's another there's another uh, translation. Give me one moment. There's another translation I really would love uh, to read. Translation that has evidence. Give me one moment. I'm trying to pull it up here. All right. 
If you have your Bible pages, go ahead and open it up to Hebrews 11 verse 1. I want us to now go ahead and read it in the King James Version. The King James Version says this about faith. This is the definition of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What What is evidence? What does it mean, like that term evidence, when you hear it? Evidence. Hmm. Evidence is proof of a thing, right? Evidence is proof of a thing. But often, especially those who are deconstructing their faith, especially those who are turning away from their faith, denying Jesus, right, unfortunately, what happens when they read, you know, especially this particular scripture, they focus more so on hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And when they see the term hope or hoped, they feel like it's a term that's like wish. You know, like when you say to someone, I hope you feel better. It's like you're not saying, you're, it's, not, it's, it's not a guarantee that you know that person is going to be better. But it's like you're saying a well wish, right? You're wishing them well. You're hoping for them to get better. But you're not making any promise that they're going to get better. You just hope that this is going to be the result. And so because of that, people feel like there's room. There's a room here to doubt their faith. Because the term hope is not really given a guarantee. But if you look at the latter portion of this verse, right? In verse 1 of Hebrews 11, it says, The evidence of things not seen. The evidence. The evidence of things not seen. The proof. The proof. For example, what is one of the proof that God is real? One of the proof that God is real is nature. One of the proof that God is real is you. It's yourself. When you see the design of who you are, when you see you have a brain and your brain is the one that functions and causes all of the other organs in your body to function, you're walking without thinking about walking. You don't walk and say, okay, let me lift up my left foot, let me lift up my right foot. It just happens automatically. You're able to process information, you're able to read, and your brain itself stores what you read, and then all of a sudden you're able to recap it, right? You're able to retrieve it, you're able to retain it. That is powerful. And all of this should show us the proof that God is real. And so, what I want for us to get out of this episode is that Faith is not an imaginary thing. As a matter of fact, the Bible is saying because there's faith right there, because there's faith, it is the evidence of things not seen. Remember, as I said earlier, God says in his word that he is pleased with those who have faith. And the very word of God says we cannot even approach God lest we have faith. Lest we have faith, we cannot even you know, approach God. Before you even have the audacity to try to seek God, God is saying you first have to have faith. It doesn't have to be a faith aside of a mountain. It could be a faith aside of a mustard seed, but faith has to be present. Faith has to be present. And oftentimes, faith is a decision too. Sometimes faith is a decision. Faith is a decision. You may not see 
You may not see the difference in your body, right, when you feel pain. Maybe you feel pain in your body. You may not feel the difference. But faith is saying, faith is saying, this is what faith is saying. Yes, I have pain in my body. But the Bible says by his stripe I am healed. And also what I'm about to do too, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go ahead and do that exercise. Because I know if I exercise, I, I stretch or I relax my joints. And I'm more able to move my body where I were, you know, in, in areas where I couldn't move it as much. And because of the stiffness, that is why I felt pain in my, in, in my um, knees or I felt pain in my leg or in my calves or whatnot. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And again, if we just go back to Hebrews verse 3, that is so powerful. You guys need to really highlight this. Literally, the word of God is saying, look, everything that you're able to see and touch in this world, in this physical world, was made out of the unseen world, the spiritual world. Meaning the spiritual world is much more powerful, grandeur, much more of a reality than this physical world. Because this physical world was, was birthed from it. And so when, when, when you find yourself starting to doubt your faith, I'm not saying that automatically you're not a believer anymore. But when you find yourself starting to doubt your faith so much so to the point where you're about to deny the very person who brought you into existence. You're stepping a territory where the enemy could go ahead, kill, still in this, you know, still kill and destroy you. Because he realized you, you, you missed the main point here. The Bible says, y'all, in the last days that people would be lovers of themselves. I'm going to share this last scripture um, and I'm going to close us out. But again, I'm going to leave all of the verses that I feel of great importance underneath the description for you guys to go ahead and meditate and study on when you can. Open your Bible pages to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, it says, People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Now, what I really want to concentrate on in this scripture is the first part of the scripture, the first sentence where it says people will be lovers of themselves. And I love the way that the writer structured this entire scripture because it shows you um, what it looks like when you see people are lovers of themselves. And the lovers of themselves that they're using here, it's not saying for us to not love ourselves in the way that God wants us to love ourselves. Because the Bible itself, it says, love thy neighbor as yourself, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. But this type of love that is being described here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, is that people will begin to love themselves so much that they love themselves more than their creator. And often what you're starting to see here when it comes to the deconstructing faith movement or concept is that often people are starting to rebel against the ways of the Lord because they feel such a, uh, uh, such a, um, how can I say this, such a freedom 
to be without limits, to be without borders, to be without boundaries, right? It's almost as if they become their own God. But we know that the word of God doesn't tell us this is how it ought to be. Why is this? When you become a born-again believer, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible lets us know we were bought at a price. We were bought with the blood of Jesus. So that means you become you become a slave to Christ. And this term slave is not to say how you see people uh, treated slaves. No, 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 no. But this term slave here is to just bring more exaggeration to show you that your very life belongs to Jesus in every single way. And the reason being is because he is the one that redeemed you. What is so fascinating to me, this is so powerful, and the Holy Spirit was just revealing that to me as I was beginning to prepare to just highlight this topic again. Like I said, I could go further in depth with it, but I'm not going to go ahead and do that for right now, but I just want to give you a taste of it, is that even those who are not believers, whether they're atheists, whether they practice a different faith, what they do not understand Unfortunately, because they do not have the Holy Spirit, they're not able to understand because, you know, they're only understanding based on their perspective with their carnal mind. They, for, they don't know that the very fact that they're here presently on the earth is because Jesus redeemed them when he died in our place on the cross. If Jesus did not die for the whole world, you right now today, whether you're a Christian or not, you wouldn't even have freedom of choice. Because the, the wrath of God, the wrath of God would have caused our ancestors to become extinct. Like the wrath of God would have, you know, <laughs> you know, this, this is the truth. And I know at times we've become so desensitized. Like at times we've become so, uh, I don't know how to say, like we've, we've sugarcoat Christianity to, so much to the point where we do not speak on the wrath of God. And, and, and people start saying, you know, how come God is love, but then God also has wrath. But we forget that God is also a God of justice. Because he is a God of justice, that aspect of him having wrath has to be present in order for you, for you to see justice to manifest. And so if Jesus did not come and obey the will of the Father to die in our place, just like you see God ended up destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, as we read in, 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 in the book of Genesis, he would have already he destroyed the whole world again, unfortunately. Why? Because sin was just so rampant. It's like even though God saved Noah and his family, all eight of them were saved, they're, the, they're descendants, those who came after them, still ended up doing evil in the eyes of God to the point where God was really just tired of it and was saying, what should I do? Either I just destroy this whole earth that I created and, and just leave it at that. Because it seems like people just don't want to change. You see, God, he's a God of wrath. He's a God of love. He's a God of justice. But my goodness, amen, he's also a God of mercy. And so even though God had that idea to destroy what he created, he spoke with himself. He had a dialogue with himself, he had a dialogue with Jesus, with, with Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, Holy Trinity, three in one, one God, three persons, 
And they were just saying to themselves, this, this, is this it? Should, should we just cancel it? Should we just cancel what we created, right? Should we just, you know, say forget you, humanity, <laughs> and just, you know, act as if it never happened? But instead of them doing that, God realized he created us in his image. And it's best for him to keep what he created in his image. Because he created us in his image for a purpose. And the main purpose of, of why he created us in his image is to be like him, but also to give him the worship that is due to him. And so he said to him, so you know what? I'm going to come myself in the flesh. I'm going to come myself in the flesh because I tried everything. I used my prophets to speak to humanity. I used my prophets to speak to my people. They did not listen. Let me come and do what it is that I see that is going to be pleasing in my sight. And because of that sacrificial act that Jesus did, dying on the cross, he brought redemption. He made redemption you know, possible, not just for us Christians, but the whole world. Even those who are in the world, though they did not accept Jesus Christ yet, the very fact that they are present right here and they're breathing, although they're cursing God, although they're saying all of these blaspheming things about God, That is why they're even breathing. That is why they're even alive. Imagine being God and every single day you're being blasphemed. You're being cursed at. People are not taking you seriously. You have all power. You are sovereign. You are omnipotent, omnipresence. You are all powerful. And in one blow, you're able to take those people out. But God says, you know what? I'm going to give them time. I'm still going to be patient with them. I'm still going to be patient with them. And God has done that even today with us, his church, the body of Christ, his bride. He is calling us to rise up and preach the true gospel, not a sugarcoat gospel, the true gospel. And he is calling us to not just to not just run after the miracles, but to run after him. Because the more you run after him, the miracles will follow. Jesus himself said those who preach the gospel, when they preach the gospel, they shall see signs, wonders and miracles. But if you're going first to see the signs and wonders and miracles before you preach the gospel or even before you really, you know, further solidify your relationship with Christ, you're not going to see the the manifestations of of, of miracles. You're not going to see, you're not going to experience the tangible glory of God, the tangible anointing of God. And God will know because God sees our hearts. And so sometimes you may think and you're saying, well, I've done everything to grow in faith. I've done everything to experience or encounter God. And God is saying, no, you haven't because I've searched your heart. I see your heart and what you're doing. You know, how you feel towards me and toward things in your heart. Because God himself, he says, those who seek him wholeheartedly, that they will find him. And God is not a liar, y'all. And so that's it for tonight. I pray that you learn something new. I pray that this would be able to help you, especially those of you who perhaps are just doubting your faith. I want you to understand it's okay to bring your questions to the Lord. What's not okay is to keep those questions to yourself and then you just end up, you know, isolating yourself to the point where the devil try to play mind games with you and then you just automatically, you know, just reject the lord reject the one who saved you reject the one who forgave you of all sins reject the one who gave you true identity true purpose and true worth rejected the one that gave you a great destiny don't don't be like esau let us not be like esau let us not be like esau selling our birthright 
so quickly without even so quickly without even settling the score without even analyzing concerning our future concerning our future children right our, our future children and their children children and concerning the, our inheritance don't be quick to make certain decisions that's going to cause you to have very much so great eternal disappointments because as the world is growing dark day by day and evil is going rampant this is the perfect opportunity for every one of us to be more open more open to be in the presence of God more open to see God and say God I just want to know you I I I'm not I'm not at all interested about what's going on in the world because if the world knew what they were doing <laughs> they would be far off right far better off right now but they're not um, I just want to know you. Help me to understand you, to know you for myself. And when you say that sincerely, out of a heart filled with humility, God will know because he sees the hearts of men. He sees the hearts of the Christians and non-Christians. Amen. I just want to go ahead and quickly pray. Let's close off. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the word that you have blessed us to share to our brothers and sisters and even those who are just here out of curiosity even if they practice a different faith we just welcome them right now and we just pray that lord you would begin to even just bless them with your peace wherever they are and i just pray that god you would just surround them um, with seasoned believers those lord jesus who are students of your word and those who are mature god in the faith to be able to mentor them and help them as well to grow and to know you more I pray that God, that even when the world is growing darker and darker and evil is going rampant, that you will bless us to not be a people, to wait upon signs, Lord, to feel manifestation, just to, to know that you're real, just to know that you're with us, but that you will bless us, Lord God, to just continue to stay devoted to you, whether we feel like you're here or not, but to know that because you say that you are here, that you are here. Lord God, it's best to serve you, God, with faith, Instead of not serving you at all. It's best, Lord God, to believe even if we don't know what comes next, Lord God, after this life. But Lord God, what one thing I believe is that you are not a man to lie. And one thing I know is that, God, you are constant. And I know you are constant I, by, by just seeing what you created. There has not been a day where the sun did not rise, where it did not set. There has not been a day, Lord, that you did not change the seasons. And so that shows me even when a generation passes and goes away, has been gone, and a new one arrives and that one goes away. But God, your word never goes away. Your word never goes away. What you have made, Lord God, the elements, oh God, continues to burn, continue to, 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 to work, oh God. And so, Lord God, we just thank you, God, for what you're doing in the hearts of those who are listening right now. We pray, God, that you will bless us not to grow weary but to continue to persevere in our faith, to have a faith such as Abraham, to have a faith such as the Mary, um, the mother of Jesus, your son. I pray that you will bless us to have a faith that continues to just love and adore you, even when we hear no's, even when there are prayers that are not being answered, but to just know that no matter what, you are good and we are not worthy. Truly, we are not. It is by faith that we are here, our faith in you. It is by your love. It is by your love and your grace that even those of us who are believers and even those who are not, we are able, Lord God, to just still continue to breathe and have this life that we have. 
God, I just pray you would continue to just reveal yourself to us and that you would give us a greater hunger to do your will on the earth and to, get, to have a greater hunger, God, to truly to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you were encouraged and as well as challenged. Um, you know, it's, it's not just encouragement, but I want to challenge you in the Lord because I want you to really mature in your faith. And honestly, y'all, you can never regret giving your life to Jesus. I know for a fact, I've seen God do miracles in my life, one after another, one after another. And so I can tell you sincerely, God is real. And I can tell you sincerely, the enemy is also real. But I could tell you, the Bible tells us already, we have won the victory. So stay encouraged. Don't let what you see, you know, causes you to just deny Jesus. No. Remember, he says that that those who are ashamed of him, you can even say the term of shame in this sense. Is this, is, is this, you could say that it's a synonym for denying. Because when you deny something, it's almost as if you're ashamed of that thing. You don't want to be in a relationship with that thing. You don't want to um, be known to have been attached to that thing. And so that means that you are ashamed of that thing. And Jesus is saying those of us who are ashamed of him... He's not going to present us to the Father. He's going to act as if he doesn't know us either. Because in a way, he didn't. Because we weren't 100% welcoming to him. And so when you see the storms coming, when you don't understand why certain things happen, I just pray that you would just run to his word. You would just run to his word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God, right? And so the more that we read the word of God, the more you will start to see your faith grow. And the more you won't even care about signs coming because they will just follow you. Because God truly, he, that's, that's in the manner that he works. Yes, there are times he gives signs. There are times where perhaps someone is an atheist and they say, God, if you're real, do this. And he will do it because of his grace. But often he does the miraculous through the life of the one who just serves him without seeing any signs of manifestation of it at all. And then that becomes the person that the Lord begins to do mighty works through and so if you desire that if you desire to have a life where you see god is using you to do mighty works on the earth i would strongly encourage you to just pursue god even if you don't see any manifestations at all don't just stop pursuing god after year one year two and you're not seeing anything and you're not hearing his voice continue to persevere in seeking him and i'm telling you you will find him because that's what he says himself and i have experienced it for myself and i can encourage you take take care keep going you're going to find him he is going to reveal himself to you just don't get discouraged in the pursuit amen all right this was your sister in christ joe pete and remember until next time peace out take care